I want you to hit me as hard as you can. The first time I was aware of the existence of Adrian Brody was in The Pianist, like most people. I'd never heard of this man before, but here he was up on the silver screen leading a powerful motion picture directed by everybody's favorite person, Roman Polanski. Then, a few days later, Adrian Brody had an Oscar in his hand and Halle Berry on his lips. Non-consensually, but hey, it was 2002, man. Things were wild back then. Adrian Brody was on the fast track to superstardom. Surely his Oscar would carry him on to countless other masterpieces and smash hits. Or would the dreaded Oscar curse snatch a victorious career right from underneath his nose? So it's time to ask the question that's been on everybody's mind pretty much since The Pianist. What the fuck happened to Adrian Brody? What the fuck? This guy is an amazing actor. No matter what, he's always interesting to watch. And in no way has the career of Adrian Brody been a failure, quote-unquote. I don't know who I'm quoting, but just felt like I should put quotes. He has quite a few cinematic gems under his belt, but I guess everyone feels that maybe he hasn't lived up to his true potential. Maybe he just peaked too soon. I don't know. He is the youngest person to ever win Best Actor ever. 29. Now let's examine his life's work. After a word from our sponsors. Oh, uh, we don't we don't have any sponsors? Uh, okay, then I guess we can just start talking about this now. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now seems like a good time. Let's do it. In 1996, Adrian Brody starred alongside Tupac in the film Bullet. And in 1998, he got an Independent Spirit Award nomination for the film Restaurant. These films opened up many doors for Brody, allowing this young thespian to work with some great directors like Terrence Malick and Spike Lee. With films like Summer of Sam, which he broke his nose on set, just a fact, a fun fact for you guys, and The Thin Red Line, even though a lot of his scenes ended up on the cutting room floor, but it's Terrence Malick. Even the cutting room floor is a masterpiece. With these added to his filmography, Brody was now qualified as almost famous. This accomplishment caught the scandalous yet talented eye of Roman Polanski. 2002 was the year of The Pianist. It was a huge success. Yes, The Pianist was huge. It was the role of a lifetime. And, and what do you do when you get the role of a lifetime? Well, if you're Adrian Brody, you go full method. That's right, he lost a lot of weight, like 30 pounds. He completely transformed into the character. He, he concentrated on concentration camps for research, and for a year he focused on perfecting the feeling of loss, what it feels like to lose everything. So, he lost everything. He moved away to Europe, disconnected his phone, sold his car, broke up with his girlfriend. Not exactly the equivalent, but if it helps the process, do you think? Plus, he even learned to play the piano. Adrian got so far into the mind of his character that he was worried he wouldn't be able to return to sanity. All of this suffering paid off, I guess, because now Adrian has that Oscar. That's what means you're good. The Academy Awards actually had some pretty stiff competition that year, but the dude beat out Daniel Day-Lewis, Michael Caine, Jack Nicholson, and Nicolas Cage. Four legends that already had Oscars and Brody beat them all over the head with his mighty piano powers. Good job, Brody. 
So at that time, Brody was the hottest thing in Hollywood. People were saying he was the new Robert De Niro. Young new Robert De Niro. He was respected for his talent, and everybody in the world loved him. Every single person. I asked. This guy could now go on to do whatever he wanted. And that's kind of what he did. And like everyone who was a little bit famous, he had to host Saturday Night Live, which sounds like a good idea, but it wasn't. He infamously would improvise and upset Lauren Michaels by doing a bizarre Rastafarian character while introducing Sean Paul. And some people thought that it was like a culturally insensitive man. And others thought it was just hashtag cringy and not funny at all. You know, a Rasta fara, you know? You got the old family in the house, you know? This dreadlocked Rasta stunt resulted in Adrian Brody getting banned from SNL forever. This was followed by a little film called Dummy. Adrian got to show off his range and he played a socially awkward ventriloquist. And since Brody is a method actor, he insisted on doing all the puppeteering stunts himself. He actually learned the art of puppeteering. He's the real deal. But next, he went on to work for M. Night Shyamalan in The Village. Which now we know working for Shyamalan can be a hit or a miss, but in 2004, working on a Shyamalan film was the envy of all Hollywood and a guaranteed hit. And The Village was kind of our first glimpse of how Adrian Brody leans more towards odd character actor roles rather than leading man parts. He didn't take on the role of the so-called hero in this one, he played a mentally challenged supporting character dude. Adrian said that he took this role because it felt like a role that he would audition for before he had the Oscar. So he didn't want his award to affect his movie choices. He wanted to stay pure Brody. Now, I'm actually a big fan of The Village, and I think it's very underrated, but I do understand the hate that it gets. Mostly because the film is misleadingly advertised. And that is not Adrian Brody's fault. He's very good in it. But Adrian Brody had now attached his wagon to the downfall of M. Night Shyamalan. He would eventually come back, but that's a whole other video. But yeah, people seemed to really hate the village, and Adrian was one of those village people who suffered. The village was followed by The Jacket, an intense thriller that I'm sure sounded better on paper. He went full method again, and did sessions in an isolation tank. Also, he drastically changed his diet. I remember first seeing the trailer for this and thinking, what? What? Why? Why this? Why are you in this? Oh, okay. The idea that Adrian Brody might not be on the career path that I had envisioned for him was starting to grow, which he can do what he wants. He, it's just not what I expected, okay? And I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? Right, guys? I don't belong here. No, I don't think you do either. But then came Peter Jackson's King Kong. Hot off Lord of the Rings, this was a huge film that everyone wanted to be a part of. And when Adrian Brody was announced to be the star, we all said, Okay, 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 this is more like it. Let's see what Brody does with this uh, giant ape. He gave a commendable effort, but many just weren't believing that the pianist could swing around a jungle and fight dinosaurs with a machine gun. It wasn't bad, it just felt off. But some people love it. I might be one of those some people. And of course, the CGI monkey stole the show from Brody anyway. But Kong is Brody's most financially successful film, taking in over 500 million box office buckaroos. So King Kong made Adrian Brody king again, but it was a, a, a new Brody, a different Brody that 
that we were open to. Not fully accepting of, but we were open to. In 2006, he continued to do the leading man thing and played a private eye in the film Hollywoodland. This is the one where Batman plays Superman and sleeps with Superman's mom. But Adrian Brody was great in this thriller. Gave audiences hope that he could be the movie star we all dreamed he would be. A stylish, cool cat who always delivered the goods but has a mysterious, dark soul. Critics really liked Hollywoodland, but the film bombed at the box office. Maybe it was because The Black Dahlia had also come out, and at that time audiences were kind of tired of classic Hollywood crime films. I don't know, it, it, it was one of those Armageddon, Deep Impact, Dante's Peak Volcano things. <laughs> this was followed by A Matador's Mistress. The film bombed. It lost millions and millions and millions of dollars. Was this the end of our hero Adrian Brody? No, it wasn't because... Then came Wes Anderson's Darjeeling Limited. Adrian was exhilarated to join this amazing ensemble cast of this quirky little film, and he fit in perfectly. Finally, Adrian could loosen up and show off his lighter side, and once you become part of the Wes Anderson crew, you are guaranteed to eventually have a few more great films added to your resume. So the Darjeeling Limited, it ranks up there as one of Adrian Brody's best films. So Adrian Brody was back on top, we were like, okay, this is Adrian Brody, we got it, we got it, we like it, we're good. What you doing next, Adrian? He worked with director Ryan Johnson next, this was pre-Star Wars, with the film The Brothers Bloom. Critics agreed that the performances were great and the film itself was decent, but it still fell short of expectations and did poorly at the box office. Cadillac Records was next, it did okay, critics liked it alright, but even Beyonce couldn't make this a huge hit. Then Brody did the film Jalo, and he ended up suing the filmmakers, alleging that they failed to pay him his full salary, and the film's release was blocked until Brody got his dough. And this lawsuit might have hurt Brody's reputation, his future opportunities with other filmmakers. Whether or not he was in the right, lawsuits always leave a bad taste behind. And I'm not sure if you know this, but he was almost cast as Spock in the 2009 Star Trek reboot, which could have been huge for his career. But who knows? Who knows? It could have it could have been could have been horrible. It could have caused the universe to collapse or something. It happened for a reason. In 2009, he starred in the Sundance smash hit Splice. People seem to like this freaky sci-fi thriller. Sometimes it's a little too freaky. And this was actually the highest grossing English language Canadian film of that year. So good job, Mr. Brody. That's more like it. It doing all right for yourself again. So that means it's time to work with Wes Anderson once more, even if it's a small part, as small as a field mouse. Then Adrian wanted to get a little crazy, cause you know, he's crazy. And he took on the role of Psycho Ed in the stoner film High School. Now I haven't seen this film, but I do remember seeing the trailer and thinking, Wow, Adrian should play the Joker. What? 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 And it looks like Adrian was having some fun with this wild character, and that's always nice to see. But the film didn't make any money, but... Is money all we care about? Then came Predators. 
Now let's be honest, when we first saw skinny Adrian up there on the screen and the pianist, nobody thought, hey, that's the next big action hero right there. So it wasn't easy for Adrian to get the role as this battle-hungry soldier. It took a lot of convincing to get producer Robert Rodriguez to agree to cast Mr. Brody. But they had a little powwow, got together, thought about it a little bit more, and the filmmakers wanted to find a balance. They knew people would get upset if they brought in an Arnold copycat, and they knew people would get upset if they didn't. You just can't win with these fanboys sometimes. So in the end, they thought Adrian Brody was the balance. He would split the difference between those two expectations. They wanted a wiry, tough guy and not a, not a burly Schwarzenegger. So Adrian was cast in the role of Royce. And of course, Adrian had to transform his body for the role again, putting on 25 pounds of muscle. Now, not everyone was a fan of Predators. I actually really like the concept, and I think it's one of the better Predator sequels. No offense, Shane Black. And the film made money. So it was looking like Adrian Brody, the unlikely action hero, was back on top again. Everyone knows that Brody is an actor who likes to experiment with his craft, so it seemed to be a logical choice for him to star in the film The Experiment. But this experiment failed, and even though it was made for theaters, it went straight to DVD and lost a lot of money. Wrecked was an interesting film. It was a one-man show survival story. And even though it got a mixed reception, the film proved that Brody could hold an entire film on his own. Like 127 hours, but with, with Brody. Of course, he went method again and stayed in a wrecked car overnight in the freezing Canadian winter. And he actually eats real bugs in this film. And he did his own stunts, including being swept down a freezing river. That's acting. But the problem with Adrian is not his acting. It's the films he chooses. Because even when the film is not that good and flops, his performance usually gets praised. Films like Detachment or Back to 1942. His career is like Pong, just bouncing back and forth between a good film and a bad film over and over. But then came Midnight in Paris. He was perfectly cast as Salvador Dali in this award-winning Woody Allen comedy. Another talented yet controversial filmmaker. Even though his screen time is limited, Adrian shines as the surrealist artist. It was like he was born to play this. It's hard to imagine another actor doing this part. No offense, Robert Pattinson. Dali. I remember. Dali. Then came the infamous in appropriate comedy. It was directed by the controversial Sham Wow guy. I'm not kidding, it was directed by the Sham Wow guy. It's not a joke. It's a fact. It's a truth. But sometimes truth is funny. And it stars Lindsay Lohan and Rob Schneider. It was strange to see this Oscar winner's name listed amongst that cast. The film was apparently atrocious and had a whopping 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not even 1% of this movie is good. And at this point, 100% of everyone was like, what the fuck, Adrian? Seriously, what the fuck? Go ahead. Make me gay. Another bomb came with the flop third person. Lost millions at the box office and those tomato people didn't like it either. With flop after flop at the cinema, Adrian tried another career for a bit. He became a runway model for some company called Prada or something? Cause why not? I mean, this guy was ranked number 21 on VH1's hottest hotties, so he might as well work that runway. Mm -hmm. He's even a professional hip-hop artist and has made some bumpin' sick beats for some dope ill-tight rappers, yo. Beats by Adrian Brody. 
But luckily for Adrian, he always has Wes Anderson to fall back on, and he checked into the Grand Budapest Hotel in 2015, easily fitting into the Anderson Cinematic Universe with this stellar cast once again. Like I said before, these are the movies we want from you, Adrian. You just fit so well in this quirky, symmetrical world of Wes. Surprise! Here's a fun fact, Adrian always is full of surprises. Like when he teamed up with the History Channel to play Harry Houdini. People liked the miniseries, he was great as always. It was just odd casting to me because Brody looks nothing like the famous magician. He was good, but I just could never really believe Brody was Houdini. But that's a personal problem that I'll have to deal with myself. And by 2014, Adrian was getting billed alongside actors like Hayden Christensen and Akon. The film was called American Heist, and of course it flopped and many hated it. SUCKED! So many box office bombs that they kind of were starting to blend together in my mind. So what do you do if your movies are not making money in the USA? You go make money in China. And teamed up with Jackie Chan to make the martial arts war film Tanjong Shang Shi, or as you Westerners like to call it, Dragon Blade. This epic was hot in China and it broke records. American critics hated it, but who cares? It made money in China. Then he did Backtrack and Manhattan Night. Surprise, surprise, critics hated those too. In 2015, it was time for him to change things up a bit. He starred in three short films presented by Jameson Irish Whiskey, of all things. Selling out in an artistic manner. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> and we all know Adrian loves doing commercials. There was that Diet Coke commercial, and that Gillette Razor commercial, and even an H&M commercial disguised as a short film directed by Wes Anderson. Good morning, passengers of Coach 14. This is Conductor Ralph speaking. But then, Adrian tried his hand at returning to what made him a star in the first place. Dramatic biopic set at wartime. But September's in Shiraz was a noble effort, but it was no pianist. Those pesky critics were disappointed in how the film depicted the Iranian Revolution. But what do they know? They weren't there. Time. Yo, Adrian! You're great. Like when you did the movie Bullethead. It was weird, but I liked it. Seems to be mostly unknown, but I predict that one day it will become kind of a cult favorite. Maybe not, what do I know? But I like it, so there. It's like Reservoir Dogs, but with an actual dog. A killer dog. I don't think it was successful, though. And in 2017, he joined the cast of Peaky Blinders for their fourth season. Because now TV shows are good, so like going to TV isn't like a downstep. So, you know, you got the Peaky Blinders. Things are looking up for old Adrian. Recently, he has actually been doing some interesting work. Things have been going really well for Brody's career, actually. Oh, wait, 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 never mind. I almost forgot about Airstrike. I think everybody forgot about Airstrike. It was another zero percenter in Tomato Land. One critic from Cinema Escapist actually said it best. It's the Sharknado of Chinese war movies. I think that says it all right there. And that was actually the last thing that Brody has done at the time of making this video. 2019 Anno Domini. He has four films in the works right now, and chances are some of them might be good. Fingers crossed. 
so we can only hope the best for Adrian Brody. You gotta admit, the dude is talented and has so much range. He can pretty much do anything, play anything, like, I mean anything. The real problem with Adrian Brody's career is Oscar expectations. These pretentious snobs think that Oscar winners need to stick to mature artistic cinema. But Adrian seemed to just do his own thing. I mean, the dude had an Oscar like right out of the gate. He instantly conquered the industry. I say let the homie Brody have some fun with a diverse range of characters. Let him get messy, let him make mistakes. That's how we learn and grow as human beings. He's even been quoted as saying that he picks the roles based on how much fun they see. And I like fun, so I can understand. Fun is fun, and I want Adrian Brody to have fun. <laughs> so, like, what the fuck did happen to Adrian Brody? He's always been around, always creating new characters, just not in the way that we thought. But such is life. Life is unpredictable. That's what makes it worth living, right? Adrian Brody is... is a one of a kind. You can't... you can't put him in a... in a category. He's weird looking, but he's also attractive, and he's he's a leading man, but he's also a character actor. He's seen as successful, but he's also seen as a failure. He's just Adrian Brody. I don't think there'll ever be an actor quite like him, and I hope he doesn't change. Please keep surprising us. Please keep confusing us. Please keep exciting us. And please keep working with Wes Anderson. We believe in you, Adrian Brody. And we know that you have a few more cinematic surprises up your sleeve. And we simply cannot wait to see what characters you're going to bring to life next. The journey of Adrian Brody is far from over. He continues to march on, like, like a real-life Brody quest. So Mr. Brody, if you're watching this, and I know you are, I know, I just want to tell you that I've enjoyed your work. And keep it up, sir. You can do drama, action, comedy, and everything in between. Sometimes those films are a hit, sometimes they miss. You try your best, and that's what makes me proud to call myself an Adrian Brody fan. A Brody head? Brody bro? A Brody? <laughs> I don't know. You are an unpredictable, method-acting, Oscar-winning, supermodel, hip-hop artist, wild man. And nobody, not nobody, can take that away from you. And that is what the f*** happened to Adrian Brody. The key to being a great actor is to be free of that sense of self and self-awareness and to be observant of others and of real life. And if everyone is all of a sudden observing you, you have no opportunity to observe yeah. and to be free of being conscious of being observed. And so it shifts it shifts your ability to grow, and it's detrimental to an actor.